Today's show is brought to you by Casper. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash baldmove and using the promo code baldmove. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for Fear the Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And uh, I still fucked that up. I'll get it. I'll get it right eventually. Uh, we're talking about Season 1, Episode 1, The Pilot. This is the uh, full cast. We kind of made our thoughts known on the instant cast a little bit. On second watch, did it change your opinion at all? No, this is the rare second watch that didn't really change anything. Okay. I had the same points of view that I thought. I didn't think it was better or worse. Uh, it, it seemed like... It was successful at doing what they're wanting to do, which is reboot The Walking Dead. And, you know, I got to give them props for not just reinventing the formula. You know, Mm -hmm. they could have easily done that. um, But it seems like they're wanting to take a slower approach and talk about, you know, the family dynamics involved and like some of the societal implications of the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, frankly, I I wouldn't want Walking Dead 2.0. Right. That is unchanged. Right. In name only. Right, so, um, yeah, I felt like we got a, a different flavor of The Walking Dead. There's mm-hmm. those, the same stuff I found annoying the first uh, go-around. I, I found annoying on the second. The stuff I liked, I, I liked the same. I, I will say that the feedback I got influenced me more than anything. Hmm. Like, I got a lot of like, heartfelt emails about dealing with addiction and what it's like to have family members who are addicted and, you know, filled in a lot of the gaps of me that I haven't had really any experience with, with that. I've been lucky, sure. fortunate enough to... Um, to dodge all that, so I'm dealing with a serious burrito addiction. Uh, you are. You're in the throes. It's a problem. You're yeah. in the throes. <laughs> uh, so on second watch for me, I started to notice the things that they were talking about with this family, and they they really got under my skin a little more. The first time, you know, we're watching it, we're making fun of it, we're laughing. This time, sitting down and actually watching the thing, yeah. It's like the I, first, I really don't like that part of it. The first fifteen minutes, they try to get every trope about dysfunctional families. Uh, and it families lasts a in lot general. longer than fifteen minutes. Really? Because I thought yeah. they, they shut it off right around the time that. Um, I don't know. I can't. I can't remember when it ended. But that one thing where they're all rapid fire sniping at each other, and it's like you're not my dad, man. You can't do shit. And yeah, but then like his sister comes in and visits him, and like. Is guilt tripping him and like saying, "Oh, he he's like, oh yeah, you think you're better than me and all so this you th- stuff." Okay, and- so you can include that with. I, I guess I've never seen a, I've never seen a brother sister reaction quite like that. Well, there, there's a lot of other stuff too, right? Like between the parents and the stepfather trying to figure out how to deal with this son and like. I will say that I'm not looking forward to meeting his his son, Chris. Because from what I can tell from Travis, he seems like a perfectly serviceable dude that mm-hmm. probably wants to do the the right thing, which means I think I'm going to read this kid as a shit. Now, probably that's not to say there's not a natural reaction. Like I I I don't know what it's like to be 16 and have your parents divorce either. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's just more grist for the teenage angst mill. Yep. Uh, but still, it's like that's the thing. I'm not saying I don't understand it. Like I get it. Yeah. This family is. It's probably a rough place to be, but 
I just don't care to watch it. Honestly, yeah, that's the, that, that's, that's <laughs> like, the thing. Like, it, it, sometimes things are realistic are not necessarily fun to watch. Sure, sure. So I, I don't know. Other than that, I felt pretty much the same. All right. Uh, still thought it was good. All right. Should we get into the recap? Before we get started, I just want to talk about our club, which uh, you can get to at club.baldmove.com. It's a way to support our podcast. Uh, if you haven't, this is your first time through uh, finding our Bald Move stuff. Uh, Jim and I do this full-time, uh, covering all your favorite television. And the way we're able to do that as our full-time job independently uh, is with uh, your support. Um, that you can go, again, at club.baldmove.com. You get access to live watches where we actually watch the episode of television live and you can listen and, and watch along with us as we kind of make observations and, and hopefully witty jokes. You got our instant, t- you got video feeds of us recording our podcast. So it's the earliest, fastest way you can get it and you can get to see a screw up and all the stuff we don't edit out. Uh, you also get a bunch of like bonus stuff like lunch with Jim and Aaron and our silent movie skits and, and a whole bunch of other special features, ad free feeds. So you don't have to listen to us drone on about this crap ever again. Uh, it's a pretty good deal. Club.baldmove.com. It's as low as a buck a month. Not bad. Having said that, if you're joining this week, it's kind of a bummer because we won't be doing live watches or instant takes for this podcast. Jim and I are going to be traveling late Sunday night. Just for this next week, though. Just for this next yeah. week. Uh, we, we got a travel snafu and we're not going to be it's a it's a it's a physical time space displacement problem. Mm-hmm. We talked about we that. We talked on, to Stephen Hawking. He was like, I don't think you guys can do it. No, I, I really I mean, you're going to. You're going to be in a fast car, but I don't think you're going to be able to make it. We'd have to go like 99.9% of the speed of light. And it 88 wasn't miles per hour and there all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, while we're being chased by Iranian terrorists <laughs> for our precious plutonium. Uh-huh. And it's just, it's just too much to deal with. It is. So we're going to be roaring back for episode three. We'll have our same uh, full, full-length podcast on Tuesday. We're just not going to be able to do the live watch or instant take. Having said that... You should support us. Just support us for nothing next week anyway at club.baldmove.com. Okay, cool. All right, we start with uh, some kid waking up in a flop church. Don't really know who he is, but we find out later that he's Nick. It's a post-apocalyptic church in L.A., which, as they call them, is just a church in L.A. Yeah. That's every one of them. Uh, And he's looking for... That's a (laughs) non-traditional service. (laughs) He's looking for Gloria. We don't really know who Gloria is at this point, but... He finds her downstairs eating the face off of someone. Sure. And it freaks him out, so he runs away. He ends up in the middle of the street where he's hit by a car. Uh, I don't... So later on, they're just like, yeah, he wandered into traffic, and he got hit. And, like, mm-hmm. it didn't feel to me like he wandered into active traffic. It's like he stood in that street for a while, and this car just hit him. I think the be- the, the Beamer <laughs> just re- plowed into him. Yeah. It's like, great. Like, fucking... having a bad day. I got this this fucking dude wearing a camisole in my lane. Kapunk, you know. Yeah, stuck his head out the way. Out of my way. I'm yeah. driving here. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. It's the freeway asshole. Yeah, this guy had plenty of time to stop, but he doesn't. Yeah. So. Uh, and then we go. I, I will say that the the other thing I, I noticed the second time, I kind of picked up on this first, is I really thought the atmospheric music was really good. Mm-hmm. And I think this first scene set the pace. I, I really was impressed with some of the kind of driving synth, kind of ominous stuff. It's Yeah. I guess in later seasons Walking Dead they've kind of honed into this or they they've settled in on this as being kind of the the default ambient. Yeah, it is a little different in The Walking Dead though, right? Is it? I think this has more of like strings and stuff and the other one is more synth. Well, it's hard to say because like we haven't seen like prison being overrun by tanks and zombie situation yet to kind of compare them to. Sure. But uh 
I, I I thought it was pretty good. Is is pretty good at setting the 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 mood and the the scene. There's a couple times where it didn't work, like some of the subverted jump scares. You know, we'll we'll talk about them, but like the, <laughs> I mean, like the one the one in the school in that's particular, exactly right? What I'm talking about, like Big Brother administrator. Are are you gonna take your time with this and pace yourself, or are you going to have a full on outbreak at this school, like right now, right in episode one? And right. like it was kind of silly, but I guess they gotta have to do some of that stuff, the fake jump scares to make the other jump scares land. Oh yeah, no, I agree with that. There's only there's only so much they can do just her- with horrific FX because. That's something we noticed right away. Like, this is the first time I've ever seen a hot zombie in a piece of apocalyptic fiction. All right. You know. Go up and give her a kiss, Like, give her some Visine and pull the knife out of her ribcage, and you could put her in an American Apparel (laughs) ad and nobody bat an eye. So that is, their freshly dead zombies are intrinsically less terrifying. Than the ones that are popping out of fucking mud banks and I think you're right. Yeah, they certainly visually they're less yeah. terrifying. Yeah, I think you know their mission is the same. Um, sure. So that's scary, but yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, you, being you know, eaten alive is 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 still frightening on the face of it. I, I think so. Uh, it, it's pretty horrific at the end when they show uh, Calvin's face after he's been hit by this car multiple times. And that's true. That's the that one makeup is real good. That's the one, the thing that Nicotero can still play with the trauma induced yes. zombie gruesome, gruesomeness. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how often these zombies are missing their lower jaw or have eyes popped out. Yeah. Haven't seen a good eye popped out zombie. Hmm. Like just the, where the eyes dangling, just kind of dangling yeah, on the cheek. Optical nerve, all sure, that stuff. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get there. Plenty of time. <laughs> uh, so there's a family getting ready for school and or work, and uh, the daughter's in the shower, the mother's making breakfast, and the father is fixing the sink, and then they get a phone call that seems pretty bad. Mm. We we have no idea who these people are or what this phone call is about this yet. This is another thing where I felt like they got a little too cute with the tropes. You got the bumbling father trope uh-huh. subverted, we think, until we see next season, ne- next episode that the whole kitchen's flooded, I'm sure. The feels daughter, like a, a scene straight out of Wonder Years or something. Yeah, right? like the, there's like futzing about the gluten free bread. The daughter spending too much time in the bathroom and making everybody late. It's uh-huh. little little and, tropey. And they're dreading the phone call, which on first first play I thought was weird, but in second time after I got the speech about her being you know last few months dreading a call from the morgue, mm-hmm. that made more sense. All right, um, so this phone call apparently leads the family to the hospital where uh, the cops are questioning Nick about the accident, and he's not cooperating. And when the family shows up, they start to argue, as this family tends to do. And the stepfather gets a phone call from his ex, and he talks to his son out on the balcony, and he's talking about coming to stay with him, and he finally decides, you know what, just keep him. He's too much of a hassle right now. Uh, I don't need my son here. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he does, I don't know, I guess... He does say a lot of what seems like blatant bullshit, like the line that really stuck out to me. He said, hey, Nick would be there for you. Mm. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. No, he's Nick, a drug addict. Nick is addicted to heroin. Nick's there for him and the heroin. If That's he thinks, about it. If he thinks Chris has got like a Game Boy he could steal mm-hmm. and pawn for more heroin, maybe he'd be there for him. <laughs> but that stretches the definition of being there for you pretty thin. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe I guess that's what we're supposed to key on that he's moved on to his new family and he's all invested in that. And maybe that's when the 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 root causes of failure here between him and his son's relationship. Mm-hmm. Even with all that slack extended, Chris just seemed pretty fucking annoying. 
what little I got from him. Okay. Yeah, I, I haven't really judged Chris yet. We'll, okay, well, I have. We'll, I'm sure we'll see more. I've judged him and found him wanting. <laughs> uh, speaking of video games, it really strikes me when he's out on this balcony how much L.A. just looks like a bad N64 game. <laughs> like, there's just layers of smog everywhere. You yeah. can't see more than 15 feet in front of you. Uh, no, no wonder the guy hit him with the car. He couldn't see a damn thing. There's too much it's smog. Pea soup, man. Yeah. It's turn of century London. I, it's a... You know, it's actually gotten a lot better. It has, yeah. Like there was, I remember seeing pictures of the '80s where it looks like Beijing nowadays. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just when pretty I terrible. when I went out there, it didn't seem so bad. Like I've, I, I, you know, well, I've, I think I've that, had a view of Los Angeles in person. It doesn't look so bad. So I've heard it's a lot. Of, it's it's very much weather dependent. Yeah, because yeah. you know, depending because LA kind of sits in a more or less depression or a valley. Mm-hmm. So if you can have certain weather patterns, it just kind of form a bubble of air that nothing really moves from. Yeah. And then if you got weather patterns that are actually blowing a, a nice breeze through, then so yeah. Yeah, maybe I just it's partially on a good day. pollution, partially geography, but yeah, you got you got on a bad day, or maybe they digitally haze it up because that's like everybody's maybe so yeah personal experience with the mm-hmm. the city. I don't know, or it might look different on camera. I mean, yeah, it's possible that's true. Uh, so the father and the mother, whose names uh, escape me. Travis and Maddie. Travis and Madison, okay. Uh, They're talking about what to do about their smacked out son, and stepfather volunteers to stay with him while she goes to work. Uh, And while she takes Alicia, the daughter, to school. You know, I I mentioned in Instant Cast how there is a lot of, like, cutaways to seemingly innocent things that I was going to go back through my second watch and kind of freeze frame. In particular, while she's taking uh, Alicia to school, Mm -hmm. they cut away to a park scene, and they hold it for a long time. And I thought maybe in the background we would see some shambling dude attacking. But I looked at every single I, – I followed every figure and I did this like ten times. And there was nothing untoward. There's one dude that's standing in the middle and I thought, well, maybe he's supposed to be the zombie. But then a little boy runs up to him and he bends down to pick him up. So I'm like, okay, that's not zombie or behavior. Or bends down to eat him. Well, that's what – if he just collapsed <laughs> on the kid and started going to town like a turducken. Uh-huh. But no, he just picks – so it's like I – are these kind of psychological fake outs where like just even though there's nothing in it, eventually there will be things in it. And that's the kind of creepy yeah. thing. It's I can the see that paranormal activity equivalent of panning to an empty room, panning back, panning back. Oh my God, the knife has moved. Uh-huh. But like none of these things I thought would pan out actually panned out. Yeah. They do a couple of creepy things like, uh, you know, Raiden in the, the park. I think it's later on. Yeah, that uh, I think that's is... meant to go like, is that a but zombie? But he could just be not? homeless or an addict. And and that's how he I fucking think. Nick looks like a zombie ninety percent of the scenes uh, he's he, in. Yeah, he walks and he stumbles around exactly like a walker. I wonder if they're gonna do some George Romero esque social commentary about I don't the know evils of drug addiction. I like I was thinking about you know how that might relate, and I think it's a little too early to say yeah, of with course. Nick's stumble walk. Of course. Uh, he did get hit by maybe a car. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah. And he is, like, two or three days past. Although, okay, I'll wait until we get to that scene. Okay. Um, so it becomes clear during the course of that that Alicia does not like what Nick is doing with his life, and that's causing tension between them. Uh, and when she gets to school... I bet that is a rough gig, being, being the, the young, sister of being, an addict. Yeah. Being the younger sibling of an addict. Sure, and even from you know the angle of I'm not getting any attention because exactly. it's all focused on. I mean, it's Jesse and his brother in Breaking Bad, right? Yeah. So yeah, 
Although we'll see if uh, Alicia's uh, smoking up some fat blunts on the side. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, it's California. Why wouldn't she be? <laughs> That's true. Uh, so uh, Madison Went gets to school. Went to a doctor said, my brother's an asshole. Here, here's a, here's a prescription for <laughs> uh-huh. weed. <laughs> just uh, on the reason it's just asshole brother yeah, asshole brother that's a that's a dsm4 diagnosis <laughs> uh so madison gets to school and there's this kid tobias who runs to the metal detector and it goes off and then she she covers for him pretending like it was some change in his pocket yeah and takes him to her office and says uh hey give me your your knife and he gives it to her and She's like, why do you have this? He says, the apocalypse is coming. <laughs> right. I, I mean, essentially, that's what he says. And not not just coming, but that it has already begun. Right. I was, on the, I was on the current event subreddit, and I saw that zombies are coming, so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how to feel about this scene. Like, he's we right. know that things are coming, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> the reports in the five states, yes, those are all zombie attacks. The kid is Right. Right. It's like the lone gunman types. When you're on the X Files, mm-hmm. you are the hero of the show. Yeah. In real life, you're a marginalized, <laughs> mocked minority. So it's like, yes, uh-huh. you've got both of those kind of images uh, vying in your in your mind. She doesn't seem like a great counselor, though. Well, and you know the She's administrator not seemed the kid why pretty he credulous. Like bringing a knife to school is no shit. That's that's mm-hmm. that's a big deal. So I get the impression that they have had this talk many times um, and that this kid, she she understands that this kid is not going to harm anybody. Does she? I, that's the impression I get because from that Because she scene. tries to tell him, like, you know, some things that placate him and he clearly just patronizes her and is like, sure, whatever, and walks out. And that's the end of her counseling. I, I know. Like, this kid seems... That's, that's why I say follow up on that. Like, why yes. is this kid so obsessed with the apocalypse? Why is he doing the things he's doing? Ask him questions. Yes. Find out what's going on in his head. You're a fucking counselor. Do it. Right, right. You're the only person who's going to, so I... Yeah, no. Maybe she is terrible at her job. <sighs> Or she has a lot of other things on her mind, but... I've only had experience with three high school guidance counselors. They're all jokes. So, like, 100% of my experience with guidance counselors are, are stu- is stupid. Hmm. So this can this this conforms to my worldview. Right. I'm sure there's lots of guidance counselors that, that are good at their job and the kids love. Maybe. I don't know. I've never Not in Mooresville. No. Y'all suck if you're still working there. Uh, and, you know, she has this idea that the authorities would tell us if... Something was really, really wrong here. Not so sure. I think we'd have to tell ourselves. Mm. I think we'd have to call, like, the bullshit. Sure. Say, nope, there's something going on here, people. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Alicia's boyfriend is painting a mural out in the, the school stadium, I guess. And she goes up and asks him to ditch class, and he says, no, I'm not nearly as smart as you. And she says, ha, I know. Yeah, I you're know. a total idiot. That's you're, why I'm dating you. <laughs> you have big muscles. And you're reasonably artistic. Yep. And you don't challenge me in any way. So <laughs> also I can leave you in a year. So yeah. there's that. Yeah. You can you can you can I'm sure get into Berkeley, no problem. <laughs> no problem. And if not, yeah. apply to Yale and Harvard as your backups. Uh uh-huh. she does seem weirdly patronizing this poor kid. Sure. I yeah. But I mean, yeah, you know, seventeen being in love, et cetera. Yeah. Uh so Nick wakes up in the hospital from a nightmare. And he and Travis start talking about what he saw. Nick says Gloria was eating people, and he isn't really sure if he saw something or if it's the drugs or if he's going insane. And he's just questioning everything at this moment. And he says, I really don't want to be insane. Yeah, I'm with you, buddy. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to be insane. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's I, I live my life by that motto. What do you think about his performance? I'm I'm a little torn on whether or not I like this guy's performance. I was too, but I had a lot of people say it's pretty accurate performance of the you know, stereotypical junkie. Well, not even stereotypical. I guess if it's accurate portrayal, it's 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 a good portrayal of uh, what it's like to be hmm. in the throes of heroin addiction. Okay. So since I don't have any experience and... to con I mean, you know, I I've seen that in the wire. Mm-hmm. But like I've never seen uh, like a middle class, a middle class junkie. Like you know, you always see the types like Bubs. Although I guess his his family is pretty middle class. Seen his sister was, hmm. seemed reasonably well off, not like wealthy, but like and and obviously he had betrayed and stolen and done all kinds of shady shit. Which that's consistent with you know what I understand to be someone that's that's really feeding their addiction. But sure, I, I don't know. Like I don't have the experience. Um, I've seen addicts that I identified more with and I thought were, but maybe they're just way off in their portrayals. So. Yeah, it was, I don't know. He also had the hardest material in this. So I'm, I'm, I like to cut him a little slack here and say maybe some of the stuff he had to do was more difficult than the father had to do. You know what it is? I always feel, I always are more sympathetic with adults with drug addictions that have been through some shit where when I see like a kid that maybe got started when he's like, I don't see anything in here like your parents getting divorced, et cetera, that necessarily screams out. You need an escape from real life. I think so it's like bored it teenagers there, getting hooked and maybe it's more tragic, but it's less sympathetic to me. And that might be okay. a personal problem like that. That could be a horrifying like I'm very insensitive, but that's mm-hmm. my natural bias that I'm carrying into this. I, uh, I want to say. Later on in the episode, uh, when they're in the church and they're going up the stairs, he's like, uh, this is not your fault or something. And she's like, it's in in the genes. So we know that his dad's not around. Nick's dad is not around, right? Mm. Is is it possible that his dad was some kind of addict as well? You, you, I didn't get that because I thought it seemed like she was blaming herself. But I guess if she got involved with someone who uh, maybe had it's her problem, too. Yeah. Or maybe she was an alcoholic because, you know, there's. Uh-huh. It seems to me that there is an addiction gene, not necessarily a heroin addiction gene. Sure, so sure. like if you yeah. tend to be, you know, can't control gambling or heroin or alcohol or it's mm-hmm. whatever your drug of choice is, video games, whatever, um, you, you have that problem. So maybe she's had an addiction or you're right. We don't know anything about the father. Yeah. Maybe he could be other uh, than an issue. He doesn't give a shit that his son's in the hospital. <laughs> he is never even mentioned. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm surprised I didn't pick up on that more. Do you Might think be he's something dead? There. I feel like maybe he's dead. Yeah, because there's not even an attempt made to contact. The no, guy. you would think at least the mother would try to contact him, right? Mm, might be, might, might be a uh, startling revelation about that later on. Could be. Uh, Travis wants to know if Nick is insane, so he goes to the church to take a look around. He doesn't find any bodies, but he does find a lot of blood and viscera, as they call it. Uh, And his exploration is kind of intercut with Madison here, worrying over her son in the hospital. Uh, Also, there's still... It's hard for me to square up what I know about zombies with what I'm seeing here at the... uh, uh, the shooting gallery, I think, is what his dad called it. Was is like that? Does is, he? I, is that some dope street lingo for place to shoot up heroin? The shooting gallery. It's probably dad. Dad speak. Yeah, for a flop house. He's yeah. taking the heroin at the shooting gallery, honey. <laughs> it's 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 dangerous. And Alicia's um, like, Dad, what are you even talking he's, about? He's taking the pot. 
Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know, but I thought that was interesting. But having one of the like quasi homeless addicts assault him and kind of just like mm-hmm. gibber at him for a bit and then run off, like to my by my count, there should have been at least three roaming zombies in that church thing, and it didn't seem like yeah. it was easy to get into and out of. No, you got to go through the window or the. Uh, right above the toilet so, like so i feel like that there was there there's i don't know how these other zombies got out and, and if if yeah. and how this dude that clearly had no kind of uh you know higher thinking or critical survival skills he, his his survival strategy was to flail and scream and slam a door i, I don't know how that all worked together do yeah you think, do you hmm. think there was some kind of cleaning team like that if they go full bore on this government clean, you know, that there's like, they got a report of the zombies and they came in there and cleaned them out and, and suppressed it. They wouldn't find the crazy guy hiding in the corner. Well, if he was high, I mean, yeah, like I said, nothing really fits, but that's yeah, the closest I'm, thing. I'm with you. It doesn't seem like it all adds up there. There should have been three. He should have seen three zombies, but yeah. And if it's just inconvenient to the plot that he would be seeing a zombie that early. I mean, that's Walking Dead style, right? Right. Like, you know what? We don't want this to happen now, so it's not going to be accurate, and we're not going to give a shit. I did think it was super annoying that we went back to this fucking set three times. Yeah. Like, that seemed like sheer padding. Yeah, the first time is fine, right? Like, the second yeah. the second time we go back to the set, and the dad is looking around, and he's trying to figure out what's going on here to me the second one is the expendable one i would like to see the mother and father jointly decide to investigate because i sure i would say that the third scene could be jettisoned because i think the second scene worked better as a tension device Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of good moments about the mom you know just like just like i can imagine like what it's like to go and see the squalor that your child is living in and preferring that to being in your home yeah and what a parental bad trip that would be uh-huh so i like that stuff but i also like the tension of him first going there it's just stretching out into three different encounters was was bullshit in my opinion yeah yeah he goes uh the next morning travis and alicia show up at the hospital to tag out madison i guess um and the parents leave the room and alicia calls him crazy he says he's not crazy and alicia seems skeptical about that uh i said the this old man by the way in the next door the, the one curtain over mm-hmm. just getting worse and worse. And like, I think this is the scene where you can see his silhouette, like his, his oh, face yeah. silhouette against a curtain. And I'm just like that. That was another kind of effective piece of tension. Like there are all these potential yeah. zombies and yeah. Where's it going to come from? Where right? is the, yeah. When, when are you going to get one? Because you mm-hmm. know, you know, one's coming and we haven't had that moment yet. You know, I'm waiting for the, the true breakout moment. Like we have Calvin who is clearly a zombie. Yeah. Now they know that zombies exist, but there isn't like the moment where the outbreak just overwhelms everything. And I, we may not see that until or what, the end of the, the season. The fact that these people don't know that everyone is infected so that, you know, you can treat, you know, people don't treat corpses as a threat. Sure. Although it does seem like maybe with some of these encounters, they're designed to rapidly get everybody knowing that fact. Mm-hmm. You know, watching a, a zombie, like, for example... Nah, like I said, I'll, I'll maybe wait till a little bit later to talk about that. Okay. Uh, so w- when he's talking to his sister here, and he's like, he's talking about this cycle of addiction, and he says, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to end it. I'm going to end it now. Mm-hmm. That, to me, does not sound like a thing where the guy's set on getting clean. It sounds more to me like he's going to kill himself. Hmm. And, and Alicia clearly doesn't think that. No, I didn't get it either. Uh... 
but yeah, that that would have been the first thing I was thinking. Uh, I liked the the mirror the her coining the phrase Miriam Webster crazy. Yeah, that was a fine piece of dialogue. So we go back outside the hospital, and Travis tells Madison that he went to the church. He found a shitload of blood, and she is totally unimpressed. Something really bad happened here. I don't care. <laughs> I think he's not lying. It wasn't real. Like yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, she is totally this takes this too lightly. Or not man. Uh, like I, it's a flop house. Of course, there are bad things to happen there. Yeah, like not, not like blood pooling on the floor is bad. Full body explosions <laughs> bad. Uh huh. Like did Doctor Manhattan come and like <laughs> bloop a couple dudes because there was blood everywhere. Like yeah. no serious. Like I feel like he gave up. He's like no seriously. There's blood like ten foot high on the wall. Yeah, he did not properly impress the amount no, of blood. He gave up way too fucking easy. Yeah, and this. You know, if you're going to blame yourselves for anything, blame yourselves for th- for that. Because if he got, if he went in there and told him, "Look, I went out and checked it; and it's real." I don't think he tries to escape and get back to. Oh, if he tells Nick, yeah, yeah, because yeah, he goes back inside and now he's like apologizing for what he's had to go through and all this stuff. Although I will say that on second watch, I read his escape as yes, he did want to go to talk to uh calvin yeah and find out whether he gave him some some bad shit but also he seemed like he wanted to score yeah i guess so he, he wanted to erase once, it right like once calvin said i can set you up was mm-hmm. like oh thank that's exactly what i was wanting here and yeah so it's like he's trying to score a free hit yeah i started viewing all the lens everything he was saying is just the fastest way that he can get back on the streets and and get another hit into him sure which is seems consistent with a heroin addict yeah, he's pretty nonchalant in this scene about his repeating behavior patterns though right right he's like i always mean it yeah. well yeah you do, and then you go and do the same thing over. Uh, so Alicia and her boyfriend are sitting on the roof of the school in the lighting fixtures, and they're talking about her plight as a daughter of a family she hates, basically, how she's super happy she's going to get out of there soon. Uh, I don't think she's going to make it to college before the apocalypse starts. I, I really think, don't. I think Tobias has got the right of it. Yep. Nobody's going to college. Nobody's going to do the things they think they're going to do. Uh, so we go to Nick teaching. Well, I want to talk about something that the mother asserted in the previous scene where she's arguing with the dad about or the stepdad about whether something really bad happened there. Okay. She threw at this one thing. It's like, look, you can't use Nick to help things with Chris, which is your son. Yeah, what the hell does that she mean? That seemed like a complete non sequitur. Like, what the fuck? I certainly didn't get it. That It felt like a low blow. Like, things are so fucked up with your son, you're trying to save mine to make up for it. Like, wh- wh- where did that come from? Damn. But she's also implying that this, like, helping Nick would somehow help Chris, too? Yeah, like I said, that's it's... Not just that it's, it's going to help Travis. And one one interpretation doesn't seem to make any sense. And another interpretation makes her seem like a real asshole. <laughs> and it could be another situation where, like, I thought their dreading look at the phone was weird at the beginning, but then she had a piece of dialogue that made it retroactively make sense. Yeah. Maybe we'll find something else. I don't know how I feel about that storytelling where you just throw something that's com- f- just out of left field and expect a viewer to wait and it's going to be more meaningful when it comes out later. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know. We'll see how successful. It's a bold strategy, Colin. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah. But it, it, it could be that we'll figure out maybe there's some kind of pattern there. Where he has he has kind of neglected Chris uh, with the at, at the expense of trying to help Nick and help his Maybe new so. family. I, I don't know. Yeah. 
in, in, either way, this seems like an incredibly callous thing to say to the guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't know. A lot of the questions that come up about their relationship, I guess I'm looking forward to, uh-huh. to knowing more about. Uh, just at the moment, it's kind of hard to invest because we know so little. But we'll get there. Uh, so Nick's teaching a literature class. And one of his students is asleep, and he wakes him up, and he wants to know why the character in this Jack London novel is building a fire, and the kid's answer is to not die. Which, I, that's a pretty good reason to build a fire. I still think that, uh, in my experience, the kids that openly sleep in class are not going to be able to answer questions about authorial intent as regards the building of fire as soon as you arouse them from said slumber yes it's like oh we we're supposed to read that chapter mm-hmm. oh sorry i forgot like yeah dog ate my homework that sort of stuff yeah yeah i get it they're trying to show that he is like this heroic teacher and she's overcome with pride mm-hmm. and his teaching ability but come on yeah so it's interesting because they they talk about this dog right in in this story and he says the dog is nature and nature always wins and they go into the next scene and they do another dog metaphor where Nick is the dog. Mm. Is he nature? Is he going to win? Like, I don't, it, it seems like they're sending some mixed metaphors here that both revolve around dogs. It's been a long time sure. since I've read Call of the Wild, so. I've I, never read it. Okay. So. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but. Okay. I don't know. Maybe maybe we have some people who have read it more recently who can write in and tell us. <laughs> it's a parable about uh, heroin. Yes, yes, Jack London. The wolf side of the dog versus the dog side of the dog warring for control. Uh Uh-huh. Just put it down. Uh, Madison finds the principal listening in on the classroom. The big spoiler of that book is that the dog learns how to start fires at the end. It just blows the lid wide open on human-canine relationships. Dear God, I hope you're kidding. (laughs) Well, you'll have to read the book. It's a classic. Nope. (laughs) I will not do so. Uh, Madison finds the principal listening in 1984 style in all these classrooms. That's a little creepy, right? This has got to be important in later episodes, right? I would think so. Like he's going, they're going to be holed up in here, and they're going to be turning to the and listening for moaning and rasping to know which hallways are safe. Because otherwise, this is a bizarre scene. It really is. Like I. Like I buy that I don't that know schools why would, would have be back at the school though. I buy that schools will have this intercom system, and I also mm-hmm. buy that this would be an effective tool for an administrator to just kind of listen in to to get the average quality of what's going on in a class. Yeah, but to show it, it's got to be to introduce this system. Mm-hmm. It's got to become relevant later. You're There's got to be probably right. Set. I'm with you. I don't see how they get back into school. They just called school day half day off because of this, you know, zombie snow day or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's hard for me to believe that you're going to have mass quantities of people back here. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, there's no freaking way that this is going to be Chekhov's intercom system. I mean, maybe they go back to school and the outbreak happens. No. Where Where is Alicia at this point? She's at, at, the, end, Beach, right? at the end of this episode. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. I don't think she's at school, though. I think this is the same day that they shut down school, isn't well, it? Well, so she went to, uh, at the end of this night, no, mm-hmm. I don't think so. At the end is of this, this night, the she day? waits for Matt. He okay. doesn't show up. She's at school, still texting, like, where the hell are you? Genuinely worried now. Then they see the YouTube footage they or whatever. Down school. And then they shut yeah. down school, and she goes off. Um, I presume she's home or wherever the local teenage hangout is. Mm-hmm. But, I was going to say, if she's at school and they now know that there's a zombie outbreak, they could go there. Maybe it breaks out at the school, but hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Nick hears his roommate's belabored breathing. 
in the hospital. And the nurse comes in with a bedpan for him, and Nick asks if she can untie his hand, and she does. Uh, as soon as she leaves, his roommate goes uh, code blue, which I guess is, oh, holy shit, this old guy's dying. Uh, the doctors take him out of the room, and Nick unstraps himself and leaves the hospital. Yeah. Once again, Nick is the dog in this situation. Let me ask you this about zombies. Yeah. When do you become a zombie? Because a person can be clinically dead After for you die. several minutes and then be shocked back to life. And if they're like stuck in freezing cold water, it might be longer than that. Can you like turn into a zombie and then be shocked back to life and defeat this? I mean, th- I feel like it has to do with brain activity. Mm. Like Jenner's whole like, you know, the virus gets up in this certain part of your brain and it takes over. And- but it's it's irreversible. Like once yeah. the zombie virus, it's always latent in everyone's system. It needs death to take over. Yeah. If you brought someone back to life and got their heart beating, like you hook them up to a heart lung machine. Like you take a zombie and you hook them to a heart lung machine. What then? I think he's still a zombie. I'm going to go with the, the idea that heart. your brain activity has to stop so that the virus can move in. Mm. And then once that happens, there's no way to... If you kept someone alive on a heart-lung machine, mm. do they turn into a zombie? I doubt it. I doubt it. What if they suffer brain death? Mm. See, that's so they're a, a vegetable. problem. Do brain-dead people come to turn into zombies? I don't know. That's another question I had. Maybe the these are the questions episode. they'll like, answer. How much blunt force trauma to the dome can a zombie take before they can't function anymore? A lot. Because, apparently. like, yeah, Matt or uh, Calvin he flies through the, ha- uh, the air and lands on cement mm-hmm. and gets back up. Like, what a solid, like, it seems like in, a ba- in The Walking Dead, like, if you take a baseball to a zombie, you have to crush its skull in. You can't just, yeah. like, completely fucking whack it. And that'll be enough. It's not blunt force. You have to have some kind of penetrative trauma. Is that yeah, I fair? Guess so. I mean, you're a lot more. I don't know, but then, you, but then you I. get like stuff where the sun cooks their heads. Well, that no, no, like, no, I, no. That was all Mazera bullshit. I know, man, but it's in there. What, what can I do? What I, can I do? You can you can retcon it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they tried to do that. Uh, so he he apparently didn't learn anything from his experience getting into this hospital because when he goes out he walks down the middle of the fucking street again shirt on his cell phone not paying attention <laughs> uh-huh yep. he's gonna end up right back in that hospital yeah uh so nick's parents show Wait, up. i want to talk about the, yeah. another one of those weird vignettes we saw of the younger man kind of like passed out over the lap of an older woman mm-hmm. and she's stroking his hair and she smiles at him what there is know. nothing and the guy doesn't look particularly dead Next time we it's see, creepy, they said though. there was two deaths on the floor. Yeah. One is the code blue guy, the roommate. Yeah. Is is one of them a, uh, uh, a zombie victim? Is that kid on hmm. the lap of his grandma or whatever dead? What? What? Does the grandma die and chow down? I don't. Maybe. It seems like there's no configuration of that that would just leave you with exactly two dead bodies. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It didn't seem like that person in that quick shot was dead. Uh, but it was creepy. There's some people are speculating. Effective. I saw that there is some kind of conspiracy here because the doctor has like some significant glances and nurses saying mm. we got to get this guy downstairs ASAP. And yeah, like maybe there is some kind of procedure in place to deal again, implying that there is a top down conspiracy to keep everybody quiet. Yeah, that they already know about it. Although I got to say. That's my always been my problem with conspiracy theories. Like I believe a dedicated group of people can hold a secret, 
uh, you start talking about random doctors and nurses, like the like the CDC disseminating information to every hospital in the United States. No fucking way doesn't that doesn't get leaked that afternoon. Yeah, no yeah. Way. You, some nurse, some doctor, yes. somewhere is going to leak that. Yes, Even, for the good of the public, you know. Or just like I'm going, maybe they don't, but they're going to talk to their husband and say you can't tell anybody, and he's yeah. going to talk to his sister. You can't. One of those chains of people is going to fuck up. Sure, I've seen Contagion. It happens. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to reconcile the idea that there are reports in five states of people, I apparently dying and coming back, right? Uh-huh. And and chowing down on people's faces, with the idea that everyone is infected. You no, know Florida is one of them. Well, of course, that happens <laughs> every day. Uh, I'm trying to reconcile that with the idea that everyone is infected. Hmm. And I'm like, there are there so are many so deaths many across die. the U.S. Yeah. every single day. Is this something where, at the time that Jenner describes it, everyone is infected, or is this something where it kind of just happens all at once and now everyone's infected? Is it like in the water and you got to like distribute it to everyone? So it's a new disease. It's not like we. Yeah, it'd have to be, right? I, I would think so, yeah. Huh. With the number of deaths that take place and the. So you few... got two phenomenons. You got the vi- zombie virus spreading. Yeah. Invisibly through society. At the same time, it, it is activated upon death. Yeah. So that would explain why it's kind of spotty to begin with, but then u- u- ubiquitous by the time we're. It's really the only sense I can make of it. Okay. So, uh, Nick's parents show up at the hospital and want to know how the hell he got out. The doctors say, we don't know, but we're going to call the, you, you should call the police. And, uh, Madison wants to go to the church now to see what Nick saw yeah. and what Travis has seen. Yeah. Uh, so he takes her over to the church and she sees the blood, she sees the viscera and she says something bad happened here. And they go upstairs where the flop bed is at and Madison gets kind of weepy. Uh, they leave. Yeah, they decide to look for Nick at Calvin's place. Yeah, I, I thought all that stuff was good. The mother yeah. angst that she's feeling about the conditions her son's living in. And yeah, it's one thing to know, like, my son is an addict intellectually. Yes. But to see his everyday you life. you assume maybe he's shooting up in some other... And staying at a pers- Holiday Inn or, or something. Or, like, he's in the <laughs> yeah. basement of a parent that's not as good as a parent of you or, uh-huh. you know. But, but to see, like, the real squalor of a yeah. flop house or a flop church... I imagine it'd be 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 pretty sobering, especially since that place has got to smell like fucking death, mm-hmm. like literal death. Yeah, not even warmed over. It's just terrible. Yeah. It smells like, uh, re- uh, yeah, real bad. It smells like bad sex, uh-huh. a slaughterhouse, and probably urine and shit mixed in. Mm-hmm. That's not vomit. That's not great. I'm sure lots of vomit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, and this is L.A. summertime, judging by the condition of the the river. So it probably gets hot in there. I guess not so. a lot of not a lot of uh, airflow until Nick threw himself mm-hmm. out a window. Yeah, uh, I got to say though, never has an "I told you so" been more warranted and than in this. Scene. This guy needs to get husband of the year. <laughs> He's very patient. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, so here, this is where they're talking about it's in the genes. We kind of already talked about that. Uh, so let's move on to Travis and Madison going to Calvin uh-huh. to ask if he's seen Nick. He says no, but he invites him in to make some phone calls, I guess. Yeah. Um, and you got to wonder what Calvin's doing at this point. We see him vacuuming out his his grandmother's car or something, uh, the mini, a handicapped minivan. I had no idea this was coming. I know, because we were like, oh, this kid, okay, this kid is a good, upstanding person. No, I'm like, this is probably the good dude that they wish their daughter was dating. Yep. He's vacuuming out his grand- disabled grandma's 
minivan. He's super clean cut. He's respectful. He's empathetic. He's concerned. <laughs> he's saying like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, Nick, you know, we've been worried about like, is this awesome that we've got an Eddie Haskell type drug dealer or is it stupid? I honestly can't tell. I, I don't know that I would assign either to it. I'm I'm just curious, like what he's actually doing here is he actually cleaning out the van like did he, did he use this for a mission did he get some blood somewhere yeah. he shouldn't have he the like shop back and the bleach and the yeah 409. now that i know a little bit more about this guy I wonder. mr wolf just took off uh-huh <laughs> he's called monster joe to arrange transport for this minivan There's, uh yeah they left with a bag of drug that's paraphernalia thing, like that's the other thing that regardless of this issue of the the two-faced double life drug dealer this is pretty heavy for a high school slanger, right? What's pretty heavy? The fact that he's just going to up and kill Nick because his parents visited oh, yeah. him. And he's, you know, like, I felt like this was a little, whew, we, 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 we veered into the wire territory. And this guy doesn't strike me as a Marlowe type. I feel like this, this is not a kid. I feel like he might be nah, he's in a his kid. 20s. Nah, bullshit. Why? He, I feel like he's exact. I feel like he was a peer of... But why? Because of the way his mom and dad treat him. Like, you know, you guys used to hang out and you guys were tight and hmm. you guys were friends and maybe went to school. I mean, this is all okay. headcanon, but that's just the interactions they got. Hmm. Like, if this guy was some older kid that has been hanging around his son, I feel like there would be a little bit more different interaction with the parents. Huh. Okay. Like, no matter how clean cut and cool he looks like, why are you hanging around with my teenage son? Mm-hmm. You're like 25. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying he's 40. I'm saying he's maybe like 22. <laughs> okay. But yeah, okay. Well, I mean, sure, Nick it, is over 18, but we don't know how old. Yeah. I assume he was like fresh out of high school and maybe got a year in college and then dropped out. But I don't think he's more than 21, 22. So I guess, yeah, yeah. maybe Calvin can be older. Okay. But still, I don't know. I guess if he's just, he's, I, I, I assume he was like the high school drug dealer and maybe that's a bad assumption hmm. on my part. Okay, maybe he is though. I don't. I don't really know. Um, so Nick buys a burner phone and he calls someone who we find out is Calvin later on. Uh, and then we go to Alicia waiting for her boyfriend, but he doesn't show up and he's not responding to texts. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a zombie show, so we all start thinking the worst. I think that's warranted at this point. He's not responded for an entire day. I think something bad has happened to this guy. If so, then it's about time to start up the. Uh, conversation about what does The Walking Dead have against brothers? <laughs> We've seen three <laughs> black people on the this black, show. Uh-huh. One was getting the fa- his face torn off by a, a oh, zombie right. white girl. Yep. One gets gets kind of ran over for kind of grim comedic effect, and the other mm. is presumed dead in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, no, you're right. So, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, guys? What the fuck? I don't know, man. I don't know. They haven't learned their lesson yet. I'd Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. So again, maybe Matt will just show up and he's fine. Maybe, but why is this, he not? This doesn't seem like the text? dude that would ghost on his girlfriend. I don't he think he seemed so. like, yeah, like I'm going to ride out the next year until she leaves. <laughs> yeah. He's until the kind she of, dumps me. He's the kind of guy that will, you know, sit with his girlfriend with his arms around her and draw, you know, yeah. love is a flat circle tattoos on her. Why she talks about her feelings for hours in the bleachers. Like that's uh-huh. not a kind of guy to just ghost on your girlfriend, the girlfriend. No way. 
Uh, so they're on their way home, and Madison tells Travis that she's not sure she even wants Nick to come home. Uh, and they they pull off the highway, and they get uh, kind of backed up in traffic here on the exit. And then something breaks real bad up ahead. And they decide, you know what? We need to get out of here, and they drive off. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the of the police like, please, everyone, remain in your vehicles. Cue the entire line of traffic getting out of their vehicles. <laughs> Fuck the police, man. This is L.A. Sure, sure. <laughs> Tenuous relationship. Uh, I, do you find it's much of a coincidence here that they are at the the point of impact? Like it, all of this footage, and then the next day they're like, oh, your mom and dad were right there, weren't they? Like, it'd be one thing if it was a singular thing, but like this feels like a huge mass thing that people could get caught up in. Like it's not really? a coincidence when thousands of people have it's it's less of a coincidence when thousands of people collectively have an experience and our hero got caught up with it as it is that someone just drives down the road and gets stuck in a fishnado. I, I mean, that's that's if you just think about on the, the size, scale of of coincidences. I cut it more slack when it's a major event. I guess I do, too. But L.A.'s a big fucking city. Hmm. And for it to happen at the one exit that they take. I don't know. Maybe this is the uh, it was stretching my belief. You know how LA people bit. love to talk about their highways. Maybe this is the I don't know one oh nine that you'd always take. That oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's one whatever. of those. I don't. I don't even know my towns right. I'm pretty sure I just said something around <laughs> San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. So probably. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It didn't trip my coincidence sensor. And okay. It's, it's it's on a Your, hair fucking trigger. Yeah. Yours is more finely calibrated than mine. Uh, so in the morning, the the bus is a little light at school. Not a lot of people coming in. Uh, a little light. A, a lot light. There's like four kids that <laughs> come off this bus. I know. Uh, there's footage of what was going on last night, kind of going around the school um, with all the kids and teachers. And it's a badly injured man raging on paramedics and police. And they they have to put him down by shooting him in the head. Um, and Travis Madison decided to call the police to find Nick now because they're getting they're starting to get worried. Sure. About about the city, about their son, about everything. That's the other thing I feel like I got wrong in the instant cast. That's the, the other thing that several people told me about dealing with addiction in the family is that you learn to be distrustful of cops because you don't, you know, the worst thing you want is your kid to land in the jail because of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially if you're the cause of it too, right? Sure. So like you don't want to get the police involved because the consequences are dire, which, you know, I can make another rant about prohibition, but I won't, uh, but I thought that was kind of like, you know, why, it, once you went to the flop house and you saw that, like, why wouldn't you get the cops involved at this step, but this step or this step? But I guess <laughs> if you're, you know, it's kind of fucked up to think that you're more worried about your kid going to jail. Than being eaten by zombies, well, Or, you know, or they give them the treatment that they need, or those things are two antithesis goals that you're trying to, I, I got to get him help before the cops cart him away and ruin his life. Yeah. Like, yeah, pretty fucked up, but I guess on... Further review, that's a lot more accurate reaction, that mm-hmm. when you got a kid within drugs, that your relationship with the authorities is entirely different. Imagine so. Uh, so Alicia is still texting her boyfriend. He is not responding. They're watching clips of this shooting um, with their friends, and then it's declared a half day at school. Everyone starts to leave, and Madison gets this long stare from Conspiracy Kid, Tobias, <laughs> Uh, this, the, the, we this got knowing you, we, look. We got you the told you so. It didn't come from a husband. It came from Tobias. <laughs> true, that was the, the biggest. T- told you so. I t- I t- the devastating told you so, Glare. <laughs> yeah, and j- it, so I don't think it's sunk in quite yet for her. Uh-huh. 
Like she knows that something bad happened and it's like, oh, this guy went crazy and they had to shoot him. But like the full brunt of this is going to come down on her near yeah. the end of this episode or possibly even in future episodes. I, man, like, I'm wondering how much of an isolated incident they think the Calvin thing is. You know, yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm also at this point after second two watches, I'm a little bit more concerned with Alicia's character than I am Nick's because this hmm. there is a very small scene. But when her when her teacher, after asking her politely for 30 seconds to put the fucking phone away, comes up to confiscate <laughs> it. Alicia gives this oh no look that she's about to that she's about to like start up this bit and again she's supposed to be the good kid yeah she's supposed to get she's about to get this teacher a face full of shit and then the teacher's only spared because the principal lets everybody go mm-hmm. like I start I don't know if I like her I thought her I, her and her brother man. were weird together yeah I thought she was like really patronizing and and kind of a dick to her boyfriend and then again the teacher's like. I'm trying to teach here. You guys are watching YouTube videos and texting your boyfriend. It's time to give me the phones. And like, how dare you? My parents paid a bill for this fucking phone. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm to- going to Berkeley. <laughs> God damn it. That, that's the thing. Like, I'm trying to figure out where, like, how far can your intelligence carry you in, in your academic career? Right. If you just say, fuck this, I'm skipping classes. I'm texting instead of paying attention to the teacher and you start to get in trouble and get like suspended or stuff can you can you ruin your future academic career even if you're well smart enough to get into berkeley can Maybe. can like your behavior cause you not to get in yeah like and, is she in danger of that because her, she strikes me as very uh having a big attitude yeah she super seems like she's super entitled and has yeah. a chip on her shoulder about everything but I don't know. It's only one episode to. to but maybe if you got a four GPA, it doesn't fucking matter. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. My experience as a good kid in high school is that if anything, the teachers were tougher on you because, like, the one day you forget to spit out your gum, it's like they know they can nail you, and you're not going <laughs> to like you know wear the the guy in the black hoodie. Yeah, yeah. That's got dark circles on his eyes, and his fingernails are painted black. And he's smoking and a cigarette just, in class. Yeah, he's just waiting <laughs> to, to to cut you. Uh-huh. Like maybe you don't get in the whole gum conversation with them. He's been to the principal's office four times today. Yeah, right. <laughs> Doesn't give a shit. But there it goes. That's like that's the school I grew. Up. Like the biggest problem was fucking chewing gum in class. Sure. No yeah. one is getting no stabbed. Knives, there was no, no knives being brought. Like what the fuck do I know? Yeah, I never even heard of drugs being brought into the school. Oh, I heard, but it was always like, you know, the big problem, again, in my high school was the the the, the, uh, uh, the popular kids smoking weed. Yeah, I never heard of that. Yeah, when yeah. When I was in school. Well, we, yeah, we went to the same school. But oh. yeah, no, it was like a kind of, it was a huge problem, the kids on the weed. <laughs> okay. Which, I think that's a problem in every school, but. Probably. Whatever. Uh, so Nick meets Calvin at a diner. And we find out that he's been supplying Nick with drugs, and he's angry that Nick's parents came to see him. Uh, Nick wants to know if he if he maybe laced his last batch with something, like PCP maybe. Yeah. Uh, and he tells Calvin about what he saw at the church. And then Calvin tries to comfort him, and they leave the diner. He says, I'll take care of you, man. I got I got your next hit right here. Yeah, this is this was a bizarre scene until I l- viewed it through the lens of this guy is just trying whatever tack he can to get a, to, to get high. Yeah. Because that he seems says he, like he wants to forget about this, right? But I mean, that's the whole thing is like he's just begging for drugs the entire scene. And when he finally gets it, that's all he wants. And then it's interesting because they don't 
Yeah, I feel like they allow they they let you as the viewer kind of draw this conclusion, but the next scene he's just kind of like really super dreamy. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to realize that he shot up in between walking out of the Denny's. Yeah. And Calvin might have been able to kill him with the gun if he hadn't laced it with PCP. <laughs> I mean, you should have known that was going to give him super strength. If you want it, so one thing I'm wondering is like and I don't think we'll ever know, was Nick really trying to kill him or was he just taking the gun out because he'd heard weird rumors about I think no, he, he was, was trying, trying to kill, to kill him, him, right? Yeah. Well, if you're going to kill him and you just shot the guy up with heroin, why not just give him more way more heroin? Yeah. Like you know, like lace it with something <laughs> or, or just give him a ton because you can die easily from a fuck ton of heroin. Yeah, but like Nick's got to Nick's going to notice like, oh, that's a 500 cc syringe instead of a 50. <laughs> is it more just is I don't see again. I don't know, but I feel like you could make it more concentrated, not just like get the really big. Oh, I don't syringe. I don't know. Maybe. Or yeah, like you said, lace it with something. Yeah, but it uh, <laughs> it seems unnecessary to to stick somebody with somebody and then shoot something like i don't care if you're in the middle of the la river a gunshot downtown la is going to draw the wrong kind of attention Eh, maybe if you're worried about your name getting in the streets then maybe not kill somebody it's in the industrial district so like i'm Mm. i'm trying to figure out if you would even hear it because it's right next to like all these train tracks right sure like i i don't know modern trains they they operate on the you know there's Gun gunfire, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pistons are guns. It's and just, they, yeah, yeah. they feed that is shoveling bullets like coal <laughs> in the engine room. Uh, it does make me wonder the how. It sounds like a war zone going past. <laughs> uh, it does make me wonder how big, uh, big time Calvin is, because he is very paranoid that Nick's going to say something to the cops about him, and that seems to be the impetus. His whole reason for wanting to kill Nick. I think it's big time. That blacked out Honda Accord is like high <laughs> rolling, yeah, man. That doesn't seem to really <laughs> jive with the idea that he's a big time drug dealer. Like, see, that's what cemented me thinking he was like a high school slanger is because like when they're driving, I'm like, yeah, oh, he's going to be yeah. like a fucking Range Rover or mm-hmm. like a Suburban. No, he's just in or Mercedes something. No, he's just in the blacked out Honda. And yeah. I'm like, okay, all right. That's that's about about how I saw him. You might be right. But like, I don't know. He just got a little too paranoid, a little too fast for my taste. I thought so, too. Again, he's like, you know, <laughs> late season, the wire drug dealer, where yeah. it's like, you looked at me funny. I'm putting you in a vacant. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, boof, this this escalated quickly. Uh, so, yeah, he, he drives him down to the L.A. River. He tries to kill him. Instead, Nick shoots Calvin in the gut. And then uh, apparently he, he calls up Travis and uh, Madison shows up with Travis Nick says he shot Calvin. They go down to the river to investigate. There is no body. He's apparently gotten up and walked. Did you notice that the tra- this tact that Travis was taking, which was bizarre? Like his, it's like I did a bad thing. I murdered Calvin, mm-hmm. who you guys think of as this clean cut kid. And Travis confidently says, "Hey, no matter what happened, it was in self defense." Like, I mean, that's just telling him to get his head straight right I, like that's what i'm just thinking. that's like, your we story gotta get your, we gotta get your story straight yeah. it's like what the hell is this some thin blue line bullshit <laughs> it starts really putting in context what maddie said earlier about you can't enable him mm, like maybe yeah. travis's sin you think he'd cover for chris maybe he's used maybe like nick has used chris to cover for him i i wonder if we'll get some flashback we'll see hmm. some really fucked up dysfunction that'll make like Chris and his relationship makes sense because yeah, again, like 
Maddie's being dismissive and like you're just innate, you can't enable him seems crazy in the context of hey I just went to this church and there's blood everywhere but maybe this is a pattern that that uh, um, shit what's the dad's name Travis Travis is it keeps getting himself into could be um, so yeah there's no there's no body Nick thinks he's losing his fucking mind again uh, and he kind of freaks out and as they're leaving he sees Calvin limping toward him and he attacks Madison and he attacks Travis. And Nick's like, nope, and he runs over him twice. Gives him a taste of the back bumper. Yeah. <laughs> then gives him a taste of the front for good measure. And the concrete. And he's still alive, but he's incapacitated. His limbs are just totally destroyed. He's walking. He's not getting up. You know, got... After the second time? He's still walking. No, he's not. Yeah, he gets up. Oh, he doesn't get up? He does. He, he turns totally his head gets up. He goes, <laughs> Does he? I thought he yeah. actually got to his knee or something. I don't think so. Huh. No. He uh, can still bite. That's for damn sure. He's got his chompers intact. There's, I felt like Nick called Travis Nick at one point. Nick in this called scene. Travis Nick. Like called him his own name. Like you, you know how the, the you know in Star Wars there's like the controversy a, about a whether Mark where Hamill he, calls Princess Leia Carrie. Yeah, where yeah, he yeah, yells yeah. Carrie instead of yeah. Leia, and like I feel like that might have happened here, and they were like, "Fuck it, we'll just keep it in." Did you know that the guy who plays? So wait a second. Nick's real name is Frank. Okay. His is Frank Delane. He's actually the son of uh, Stannis Demanis from seriously? Game of Thrones. Yeah. And he also, this other hmm. thing blew my mind. I just found out right before we started the cast. He play, he's the character that plays the younger, the, the teenage Lord Voldemort in some of the later Harry Potter. I know it doesn't help you out at all. No. But that blew my mind that he plays like a young Tom Riddle too. Yeah, you told me the other And he's night, a British but... actor. He's British? He's super British. Uh, the daughter is Australian. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. They're taking our jorbs, man. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, you told me the other night that... I guess if if, if uh, Don Draper can go play a Russian Brit, it's all fair play. So you got you to gotta, sure. yeah. roll the punches. Uh, you were saying the other day that um, the guy who plays Vernon in Ballers is Denzel Washington's son. It is. And it makes me think like... I found that out on our forums. We're getting to the point uh in our lives where the people we grew up with in movies are now having their children in movies that are popular but see that i feel like that are we only think that's something new because we missed out on a previous generation of hollywood royalty like speaking of carrie fisher she's the daughter of debbie reynolds that's what i mean star of screen and, yeah that's exactly what i mean so like actors this is, and actresses are breeding like in our 30s now it's, yes. t- it's the time when that happens to us yes. like it did to our parents yeah you know? yeah, yeah sure sure but I thought that was interesting. Uh, I don't know. Really good effects work here. Um, I kind of like how it ends. Mm-hmm. Just kind of leaves you wondering, what do these people think? Where What's Alicia going to think when they tell her, we just ran over a dude Man, and he how got much back they, up? That's the thing. Like, How much can they milk out? They're going to have to take her to the church and show her the pools <laughs> of blood. Well, you know, they haven't gotten enough use out of that church set. <laughs> Why not? Uh, then take her back to the L.A. River so you can establish yep. you can establish yep. that, and then take her back to Venice Beach so you can see that that Matt is rolling around in the surf as a surf zombie, mm-hmm. and then she'll still be skeptical because she's the smart one. Yeah, I I just what wonder you, what they think at this. point. I, I thought I I read Alan Sepinwall's official review and he said that was a big problem for him is that a lot of these actors and actresses are manifestly smart, like the daughter yeah. and the mother in particular. But having them spout stuff that we know as the audience, even though it's out of universe knowledge, as meta knowledge, yeah, it undermines that. 
I mean, you have to take it all in context where there are no zombies, right? In in this world, in you this do, world's fiction. But I don't think that's reasonable to expect a viewer to roll with that conceit. Like, well, I, I mean, is it reasonable for anybody honestly, to roll with the shit that happens in Narnia or Harry Potter? Like, it's different. There's a constructed world here. You've got to get your head in that space. But like, if every fucking book Harry Potter's like, oh my god, magic! This is so fucking cool. Like by the seventh book. That's my problem with, like, as you show me more and more zombie films, like, I feel like you can fast forward the first 15, 20 minutes of any zombie flick because it's the same fucking shit. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely like, it gets right. really tedious, and now... But you can't, you can't, I don't know. I don't blame the characters for that. I don't no, say these no, characters no, no. should I'm, know I, No, obviously, the characters are okay. not real. I'm blaming the showrunners and the people writing the scripts for not anticipating this. Because honestly, and watching... That it's not interesting Did you go back and watch the preview? Like the hour that Chris Hardwick did, the no. dog and pony thing? No. I feel like they think this is a feature and not a bug. Uh, although the one guy said it's like, well, you know, hopefully the audience will find it fun. That they're more in-depth. And I, I don't. I'm already kind of a little restless with it. That you know, yeah, and and uh-huh. well, like I said, I don't, I don't want to step on the feedback too much because some of the feedback touches on this, but um, yeah, that's my I, biggest fear. I mean, I have a hard time is, with that too. Is there's a lot of cool, I'm and I'm kind of worried. My biggest fear this is, is I'm excited, I've always loved, I've always been interested in seeing how the world falls, hmm. but with this kind of shadowy conspiracy plot line, I can see them not really answering any of those interesting questions. Oh, god. And, I hope that's not the case. And not having, like, you you know, not ever really revealing why and how this thing started. And not having the budget to actually satisfyingly show a city like L.A. falling to zombies. Yeah. So it's going to be, you know, kind of like n- not satisfy its interesting objectives. And, you know, the other thing is this, there's no way to keep this long term from just turning into the Walking Dead West Coast. So if the interim period ends up being kind of tedious and not as relevatory as we were expecting, I that's that's my biggest fear is that, you know, budget plus the showrunners wanting to kind of keep the zombies a bit of mystery are going to combine to make an un, unsatisfying product. Yeah, I guess I've I've just come to terms with the idea that all zombie tales are kind of going to be the same. Um you know, a long time ago, I've seen a shitload of zombie movies. So, mm. like, if you're gonna enjoy them at all, you gotta just gotta go with that. The other side of it is one of the big criticisms of The Walking Dead is that the characters don't have any really deep history other than like Rick and Carl, and they've done a good job with like Carol, especially in recent seasons, and Daryl. But, you know, so many of these characters are deciphers that they have to ham, they have to, they have to jam some interesting backstory onto right before they dispatch so that we feel anything. Yeah. So it's possible that by building these relationships up, up, up mm-hmm. strong in the beginning, that we'll have that kind of missing emotional connection to the material. Yeah. But it also being a zombie flick, it's like, okay, that's great, but you have to continually interest, you know, introduce fresh blood to replace the people literally fresh meat fresh meat yeah yeah or it's not going to work which is the problem that the walking dead has we're like we have to kill people we have to kill characters that people have a meaning for we only have a core group that anyone has any kind of connection to mm-hmm. which we can't kind of really kill that's so the thing yeah we are in, this, in the cycle of always catching up to our creative 
you know, to to all the creative debt that we've worked ourselves up into. Yeah, and The Walking Dead itself has like a bigger ensemble to work with so that you think, okay, well, we've gotten to know a character for a while. Now they could die. Whereas this, if it's really going to be all about this family, are, but this who family, are the tangential characters so who like, are going to So you to got these core die. four. I feel like his ex-wife and his son, it's going to eventually be Maybe six. Tobias. Maybe that Maybe principal. Tobias and Matt is going to bring up the eight. Yeah. The principal's black too, isn't he? Uh, yes. So if, unless yeah, he, he becomes part of the cast, then we're going to be four for four on these. this thing. <laughs> sure, it's, sure. It's Jesus. Um, and I mean, you know, first episode, so they can certainly introduce more characters. There's there's a character listed on IMDb that I'm not going to talk about, but hasn't didn't even show up in episode one. Right. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, if you do a better job at establishing these characters from the beginning, then yeah. you can kill a couple off and then introduce characters and make them interesting before you have to kill the next one off. Mm-hmm. Whereas Walking Dead's always like ass on fire, head catching with that regard. Yeah. You know, um, T Dog's going to die, better give him an episode. Right. Or say, I mean, that's literally the pattern they've been locked into. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I, I mostly enjoyed this first episode. So. I did too. I, yeah. And in fact, I'm, I'm a little puzzled by some of the negative reviews I saw because it didn't seem like. I don't know. I mean, sometimes I, that's that's one thing about the create the the critical consensus I've seen that sometimes they just all pick a project to fucking shit on, and <laughs> sure, what's weird and didn't kind and of the fit spin this off is, of The Walking Dead is not a bad pick, right? Because that's been kind of like I've a lot of professional critics are like Jesus. We have to cover this thing because it's the biggest thing in television, but we hate it. Yeah. Uh, so maybe they were primed to do it, but like you know, Seppenwall. And Feinberg just savaged this this show. And yet, like I said, a- yeah. Andy Greenwald, who is a Walking Dead hater, fucking wrote a glowing review of it. So who can tell? I think the thing I like about no it the most... No one's seen more than two episodes, so who can tell? That's true. Um, the thing I like about it the most, I think, was the pacing. I think they nailed that. I think I never got bored during this first episode. Yep. And they didn't go too far into where I felt like they don't have anything else to do in this season. Also didn't get it. I didn't get a official because you know some of free. A lot of times when I see an hour and a half episode, I think, oh, this is going to be five minutes extra episode and twenty minutes extra commercial. Yeah, yeah. It was an hour fifteen, I think. Okay, so I thought as I was watching it, this seems pretty reasonably balanced. Like I, yeah. it wasn't like oh, another commercial. You know, there's actually two odd cuts in here where it felt like there should have been a commercial and there wasn't. Like, huh. fade to black for a second, and then new scene. Like, maybe they were going to put more commercials in there, but they had to cut out commercials for time. Maybe. But I, no, I I, hmm. I thought this was a legitimately satisfying hour and a half episode instead of just being bloated out and stretched. Yeah, me too. So there's a lot, yeah, a lot to like. Still still nervous about some things, but um, a, a good, good first outing. Uh, so that's it for the episode. Hey, I want to tell you about our sponsor today, Casper, because I've become a big fan. I've been sleeping on a Casper mattress since around the Game of Thrones run, so a couple mm. months now. I've been sleeping in a flop house. You have? Well, yeah. uh, I'd, is it more we'll, comfortable than we'll that? Well, compare the experience. Okay. Uh, they say that their uh, product is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. Now, I want to unpack what that means. Obsessively engineered. Uh, you know, one of the knocks about some of the memory foam materials uh, are that they retain body heat. Uh, they're too stiff. 
Uh, they don't have enough give. I mean, there's there's people that kind of love him or hate him. Casper's been kind of noodling on this in their laboratory, and they've come up with a a pattern that uses a layer of latex to give it a bit a bit of a softer feel and also to shed body heat easier. And also it has the core of memory foam, so it's got that that nice support. And I think it's 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 perfect. Um, you hmm. know, it replaced a mattress that I had that was a newish. It was only about four ish years old, uh, four or five years old. And it was a major name brand mattress and there was nothing wrong with it. I felt like I got a good night's sleep and I couldn't believe how much better the Casper mattress was because you get a lot of the, you know, if you sleep with a partner, you get a lot of isolation from the bounce, you know, the conventional spring mattress, when they shift around, you kind of get that motion in the ocean going, Mm -hmm. uh, the it's, it's amazing how much less that is with the, um, with the, the, the memory foam and the latex, uh, you know, I'm a hot sleeper, don't have a single problem with feeling like I'm being smothered or getting, you know, sinking into a marshmallow. Um, I'm an older guy. I'm turning 39 in a couple of days and this gives me just the right support. I sleep a lot better on this mattress. Uh, and the best thing is this thing is a risk-free trial and return. If you don't like it within a hundred days, it's a you, lot of days, you call them up and uh, not only they deliver it for free, but they will pick it up if you're unsatisfied for free and manage either recycling or donation product. So it's not going to be going to some landfill. Uh, you don't have to worry about you know wrestling this thing back down. And that's another benefit. Um, like I live on a top floor apartment. Wrestling up my king size mattress was my least favorite part of the move. It's brutal. Yeah, I did that too. This thing came in a box. Like uh, for the Game of Thrones run, I described it as approximately Lord Tyrion size. I'll say that this is a a legless, armless zombie torso size. <laughs> okay, uh, it's all compressed in this really tight Tyvek sheet that protects it from the elements, and it's also in a, a nice cardboard box. Depending on your mattress size, it's going to be like somewhere to the fifty to seventy pound range. Very easy for two people to move up. They give you a tool to slit it open. It rapidly expands to its full size. Minimal outgassing. I left it um, uncovered for a full weekend. When I got back, there was no kind of chemically smell. I know that's another big consideration. Mm-hmm. Whatever formula they got doesn't outgas uh, hardly at all. Um, Other and, mattresses, I think, are how the apocalypse starts. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. I, I bought a memory foam, uh, uh, a, a shredded memory foam pillow that smelled like a refinery for like two, three weeks. And you looked like a zombie sleeping on it. <laughs> so the, the, no, none of those problems here. None. Not a problem here. These mattresses are made in America. Uh, the price, you know, when they say shockingly fair, 500 for a twin size, up to 950 for a king size mattress. Hmm. If you go and compare that to some of the other memory foam mattresses, that's extremely reasonable. Uh, again, hundred days, try to go to a mattress place and say, you want to take the mattress home for a hundred days and just see if you like it, see how far you get. This place is, is it's, it's a product I'm genuinely enthused about. And I think if you're in a a market for a new mattress, you can't go wrong. Uh, I've sold my, a couple of my friends and family on them, not because I get commissioned just because I think it's a great product. Uh-huh. Again, if you want to try it out, you can go to casper.com slash bald move and use our exclusive promo code bald move. You get 50 bucks off your mattress. Uh, not and, and again, same hundred free uh, hundred days free trial and all that stuff. Uh, it's a great product and you will sleep like a dead person, not a zombie. You will not be restless. You'll not be roaming. You'll just lay there like you're supposed to. Do we want to do some feedback? Yeah, if you'd like to send us feedback, you can do so at watchingdead at baldmove.com or get on our forums at forums.baldmove.com. Uh, first up, Amanda J. 
said, I was listening to your instant cast and you guys commented on how tedious it will be if we have to watch everyone go through learning everything that we already know. That would really be exhausting to watch, and I hope that our core family has already seen enough to put the pieces together on a couple of facts. The parents and daughter, and most people at the school, it appears, have seen the video where bullets only stop the zombies if it's a head or shot to the head. One of the teen girls explicitly says this. So while mm-hmm. we're bound to get numerous why-won't-it-die moments of people freaking out when they face their first zombie, hopefully there will be enough YouTube watchers who will know what to do so that it's not belabored. Yeah, my biggest question is how much... How much do people understand what's going on here right now? Do they think this is an isolated incident where this guy got cranked up on PCP and went raged and you couldn't put him down because of the drugs he was on? Or are they starting to think that something weird is going on? Well, we don't know. But um, Amanda continues, the video also seems to show a man just rising from the dead without any clear bites. So there may be an understanding that you don't have to have a bite to become a zombie. That said, the little video didn't have enough detail to make that matter clear. Mm-mm. Nevertheless, the family should be able to put the pieces together. Number one, Calvin gets shot and dies. Two, Calvin becomes a zombie with no other people or zombies anywhere remotely nearby to infect him. They may not have an understanding that everyone is infected, but they should have an inkling that the bite isn't required. Then again, maybe it's just wishful thinking on my part, so we don't have to retread knowledge we already know. I yeah. So that's interesting, that they are actually showing a lot of clear-cut evidence that we didn't get many seasons later in The Walking Dead. Yep. I guess the one question would be, how are people in L.A. so much more steeped in zombie lore than people in Atlanta? Sure. Like, did CNN die? Like, when when did the broadcast stop? When did this knowledge stop becoming? Because it seems a little... If this is all true, and people are figuring this out early, it's like it retroactively makes the problem that Rick's group... Now, yeah, I'm with you. Again, I, I, I'm kind of with Amanda. I would love for them to take some shortcuts because it's uh-huh. – to answer your question uh, or the the producer's question, hopefully people find this fun. I don't find it fun. <laughs> no, I don't. I want I want to see smart people do smart things with accurate information. Uh, so – I also think it's interesting that now Travis and Madison and Nick can be kind of the other side of the equation that you usually see where like someone has an experience. Our hero has – experience with all with bites right like oh they got bit they turned that's how it happens and then someone else comes in the group and is like no uh billy bob didn't get bit he just died and he came back yeah like we're seeing billy bob's side of it right yeah like they're, they're gonna run into people who think that it's only the bite and they can tell them hmm. no it's not hmm. and then do they buy do, do you believe that i don't know we'll find out because <laughs> that's the things like i i would always struggle with is like you know, you see that in the real world where people purport to be experts because they heard one news report on something that they don't even remember correctly. Yeah. And you have to fact check their ass. Well, in zombie apocalypse, that's going to be even harder because presumably Wikipedia will go down, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, at the same time the networks do. So, yeah. Uh, Amanda cl- uh, concludes with something that I was wondering on the live watch. An important question, are they going to call zombies walkers, or will they have another regional name for them, i.e. biters, geeks, roamers, etc.? If they do use walker, what are the odds of going of both backwards Georgia and metropolitan L.A. adopting the same name? Where is my zombie apocalypse regional dialect survey data? you have an opinion on this? Because I think it's kind of an interesting question. What will they settle on talking or calling the the walkers? I have no idea what they'll settle on, but we know that in the Walking Dead universe, everybody calls them something different. Yeah. So I assume they will probably not call them walkers. Hmm. I'm not steeped enough in L.A. 
yeah, I, I don't know what like naturally. I mean, judging Californians by like would Nick, you could call them like homeless heroin addicts because that's what they seem to resemble. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, I, I, so far, I wonder if we'll even get to that stage in this season. I don't know. Do you think next episode they pump the brakes or they keep going forward? I think they should pump the brakes a little bit. Keep it kind of where it's at. How do you deal with three characters, main characters, but being zombie believers and everybody else be zombie denialists, though? Because, man, that feels like that'll get old quick. <laughs> they go to Tobias. They get on the message boards he's been on. And they start. Maybe just... he's got a treasure to like, like, <laughs> yeah, if, if yeah, <laughs> that would be a, I would like to see Maddie go to Tobias and say, show me what you know. Yeah. And, and he starts making the case. Like, Virginia, there was a case where a guy got up and started eating people. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina. I don't know why it happens all on the East Coast there, but it does. Uh, Patience B says, first of all, I love Nick, a.k.a. Johnny Depp Jr. Yep. I get why he's hard to take, though. He's playing a heroin addict very well. Nick's- I also got a Johnny Depp vibe from him, for sure. I did not. Uh, although his acting style is very different. This dude like, Visually. Looks, this dude looks so much like our friend Ian that it was visually distracted. In fact, if I have time really? before we, hmm. we leave today, I'm going to do like a side-by-side picture of them and post it to Facebook okay. and see what he says. I don't know that he looks that similar, but I thought he looked pretty similar to Johnny Depp. Okay. Uh, young young Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp's got a much more sharper it, it angle. It might have just features. been that this fucking guy's... shirt, man. That shirt might have just been throwing me off, like Pirates the of the Caribbean style. He's definitely got the Keith Richards walk from, oh, from yeah. Pirates of yeah. the Caribbean era, Depp. Uh, but anyway, she loves him. Uh, Nick is a person with a good heart who, like many heroin addicts, doesn't want to be on heroin. He said that he meant it every time he said he was going to get clean. Mm-hmm. He genuinely wants to, but heroin detox makes a person feel like they are dying a very slow and a very painful death, so they get back on it. I see Nick as this show's version of Daryl, and I hope they keep that going. He's on the edge of society with nothing to contribute, but in the apocalypse, he is showing signs of being able to turn into a long-term survivor. He doesn't question, he just acts, which is why I like him. Like, mm-hmm. I talked about that instant cast. Like, I'm torn between his bizarre behavior as an addict, but his very admirable rolling up your sleeves and getting shit done when it comes to zombies attitude. Yeah. Um, the detox even, is going to be... Even in, if your dad is kind, or your stepfather's kind of in the way when you're backing up the truck? Well, I like don't... Like, you're hoping he'll get, he'll you move? You assume that was an accident. Maybe it's like, <laughs> maybe. twofer. Uh... The detox is going to be insane, especially on the verge of this new world, and it may be annoying to watch for some viewers, but if he can survive long enough to get clean, I think he would go far as a character and a survivor. On the other hand, I hate the sister. I'm hoping she will be dead before the end of the season. I'm not impressed with the actress, and the character is super annoying. The one thing she did contribute to the show was one line that should answer the question, why are people being so ignorant when stuff is on the news and everyone has the internet? She said, wasn't that fake? This is probably what a lot of people think at this point. Seeing someone gunned down and getting back up must be seen as a special effects prank. The people who live in a universe that has never been or never heard tales of zombies before. People also don't trust the news like they used to. Uh, Fair point. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Like the first thing I would probably think is, oh, that's funny. They've done a good job on the special effects there. (laughs) Plus, is it in the kind of cultural milieu enough to remember like the original... uh, War on the world of the world's broadcast, like the last time uh, that you had a minor hysteria, so. and that's like you know, kind of this 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 hoax awareness. But on the other hand, you see some people run with shit yeah. that's posted to the internet. I I don't know where it breaks, like like the people assuming it's fake or the people assuming it's real. 
I don't know. I feel like if it were me, I would assume it was fake because I've seen a lot of stuff, you know, where like people do stupid tricks on sure. their vine thing or whatever and yeah. like play with camera angles and stuff. And yep. I'd be like, yeah, they faked that, obviously. But I don't know. Once like CNN starts getting a hold of it and all these major news networks, yeah. then you start to go, well, would they not investigate it at all before putting something like that on the air? Maybe, yeah. maybe, but not likely. Uh. Jeannie says, I know that Nicotero has said that we will never actually see what causes zombie apocalypse, which parenthetically frustrates me. But what if he's throwing us the answers right here in the pilot? I think that is interesting concept to consider that the reason for the outbreak is chemically derived. We open the episode with an abandoned church being used as a drug den. Uh, symbolism noted. The birth of zombies created by drug users? I like this idea and makes sense. So the answer to that, what causes zombie outbreak? Drug users. Why not? Do you buy this reason, like that this is some kind of rogue designer drug that's gone awry? Like, like zombies spreading within know. a druggy culture seem like it's in, an interesting idea because you've got a bunch of people that have very limited, they're they're incapacitated, mm-hmm. and they're just kind of lying around these flop houses. And one of them ODs, they get up, and then none of the others can resist. So you've got like a ready-made batch of twenty people and you kind of get got the idea of you know sharing needles and the hiv stuff and that that kind of you know spreading of it is already ingrained i i just don't know that i don't know i mean i don't see like drugs being this kind of laboratory thing where this fancy new designer drug is made by scientists qualified enough to do something like that Okay. I, I feel like that's more of like a chemical weapon sort of thing, hmm. like the highest level of scientists. It's not going to be somebody, you know, using cooking yeah, up something like, oh, I mix chili pee in with my meth and all of a sudden, boom, I've got a brain hostage virus. Zombies. Here. Although, yeah. you know, Merle did have a whole big bag of the crystal blue in the he satchel. Did. I mean, maybe that's where it started. Maybe it's confirmed. It's a long way yeah. from New Mexico is all I'm saying. <laughs> um. So I got a lot of emails from people who have had family members or who have dealt with addiction themselves, and I kind of chose one to read, um, and I've anonymized it, uh, not at their request, just because I thought, like, maybe not use their last or first name and last initial when they're talking about being mm-hmm. addicted to drugs. Yeah. Uh, but this individual says, I love you guys a lot, and I'm so glad you haven't had the battle with addiction. I am a middle-class person. My doctor prescribed me painkillers at the age of 22, and I couldn't get enough. I then went to the street and contemplated heroin. This is a very real problem, Oof. and it isn't the people that you think anymore, uh, so that Nick is relatable to a lot of people, but not just to you guys. But it will be to the audience. Uh, she also includes this article to PBS.org, which I'll put in the show notes. She says, please read this article and uh, try to use the word addict instead of junkie. Junkie is kind of a derogatory term for drug addicts. Also about the family thing, I did read this series is all about family dynamics, so it could be about the family dysfunction and zombies. Uh, Heroin isn't just kids in a bad way or a problem for kids in a bad way. It's soccer moms. Methadone is basically heroin for the upper class. Middle class and lower class have issues with painkillers and heroin. You guys are very lucky that you haven't. Um, So I, you know, that's all well taken. About the addict versus junkie thing. You know, like I don't routinely use the word bitch, but on Breaking Bad I do. I don't you turn I don't sure. throw around cunt a lot, but when we're covering Game of Thrones, it comes uh-huh. up because that's part of the terminology. 
Junkies used several times this episode. I can't promise I'll never use Junkie in response to, you know, this Nick character, especially if his mom and dad are hurling that thing at him. But I had no idea that was even a, a, a prejudice. So that's, yeah, I can I'd, see where it would be. Sure. I, I just don't have any experience with any of that stuff. So, yeah. But yeah, and, and that's, it's interesting because this weekend I went back to uh, Anderson um, for Cecily's mom's birthday. Yeah. Meth capital of Indiana. If Indiana. That's the thing. I guess meth is like the old school stuff. It's all about heroin. And like, oh, really? They've switched? Yeah. Because heroin is like, for whatever reason, super fucking cheap and available now. Huh. And, uh, and, and it's like in the last five days, I've seen a bunch of different articles about heroin being this big growing problem in our communities. And I take some of that with a grain of salt because I've lived through the crack cocaine scare and the mm-hmm. meth you know, and, and the crystal meth scare and all that stuff. And it's, you know, it's terrible. Um, I don't know if it's something that's like a plague that's sweet because it's also a lot of law enforcement types are talking about needing more budget to combat this problem, yeah, and all that sure. stuff. So it's in their um, self-interest to overhype it. But it's interesting. Hey, heroin seems like it's making a big comeback. Uh, All right. So, but there again, it's like, that's one of those things where you don't see the problem unless you've got someone in your family or in the community that you know that's that's, that's suffering from it. Uh, Moving on to Dan from Philly. When the Ebola outbreak started getting coverage in the U.S., the conspiracy shows on the radio were already talking about it six months earlier and had it right, I might add. (laughs) <laughs> so I really want to talk more about the denial of the government and some suppression of the media shown when the outbreak starts to ramp up. If that's how they're going to explain the rapid progression of the plague. So we talked about how, like, or I, I talked about on the instant cast about how I think some kind of government cover up would be an interesting angle to take. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as far as this Ebola stuff it's, and them having a rights, like, I don't know, like, what did they have it right about? Because Ebola kind of came and went in the United States the way I expected it to. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it, it flared up. We squashed it. Done. Yeah. And it's, it's going away in Africa. In fact, it talked about yeah. like some effective vaccines are developing. Um, like I, 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 you know, that would be an explanation for why the government fails at contract. Like if they wait way too long to alert the civilians and the official forces get overrun and, mm-hmm. you know, they fall before they can disseminate effective information out. And I guess, I mean, I'm still yeah, kind I'm, of a zombie apocalypse denier. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but that is an angle that I haven't considered, like the government's active incompetence and not acting in the citizens best interests. Yeah. And I wonder if we're going to get. So I know they're saying that this show is about the family. Um, I hope that it's not all about the family, though. I hope we get some kind of insight into either what's going on at the hospital, what's going on in the governmental uh, bodies of, of LA and maybe federal level too. I'd, I'd like to see some kind of insight into the reaction to this whole thing. Yeah. Outside of just this family, you know, we've seen that a billion times. Sure. Now show us the other side of it. Yeah. I, I'm with patience though, like the Nicotero and I think Gimple as well, doubling down on the whole, we're not interested in how the zombie apocalypse started. Then why are you doing, but, but are you interested in, in the reaction? Like, yeah. To the start of the zombie apocalypse. Like, I, yeah, like, I, I want to see it on multiple levels. I don't care if it's toxic waste, if it's paranormal, yes. if it's space rays, if it's Plan 9 from outer space. I don't care about the mechanism. But how do we as a society yes. react to it? That's interesting. That is super interesting to me. Yeah. So, c- come on. Show us some perspective there. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving on to Nathan P. 
Only a few characters are introduced, and already a black guy is dead. Welcome to The Walking Dead. Not a black guy. Multiple. Probably. Probably at three least, at this point. Yes, at least two, probably three. Well, we know, yeah, we had at least two, probably three. Yeah. Uh, also, just because of True Detective Season 2, I was thinking, would I be watching this if Walking Dead wasn't in the title? Your thoughts? You would, yeah, yeah certainly. Because you watch, you watch everything that comes out zombie. Yeah, I watched part. Well, did part you watch of I Z Nation. Uh, I did not watch. Maybe I caught one episode of that. I don't know. I caught like four or five episodes of uh, Z Nation, uh-huh. which looked, by all accounts, far worse than this. Um, even though I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I. You know, that's the thing. I'm a sucker for zombie action flicks. Well, period. that's the thing. Like, I think Z Nation, and I didn't see. I saw the episodes you saw. Yeah. What I think I can say in its favor is that it knew its tone mm-hmm. and it aggressively stayed in its lane. Yep. Whereas The Walking Dead... At the end Dead, of every episode, it would just put on its sunglasses and say, fuck it, let's do this. Right, right. <laughs> the Walking Dead is often cruising into high-occupancy vehicle lane with a mannequin. Like, <laughs> no, 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 get back over. Uh-huh. Like, you need to decide what you're trying to do here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm it's weird because like the walking dead series would not be covered on bald move if it wasn't for Jim, because I never would have even watched it in the first place. I, that was like a whole blind spot to my genre. So like you can blame me for like the leftovers and, uh, true detective. Uh, (laughs) yeah. True detective and, and like boardwalk empire. Jim takes all the blame slash credit for the walking dead. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I don't regret my time watching it. I I have a lot of fun with it. Um, Where's the so I'm wondering what the fun fact like that's the thing like if if this show can continue to have a high fun factor even whether it's good or bad then I'll stick with it if it becomes like an overly serious dreary piece of shit Mm -hmm. that can't deliver on the drama then I don't know yeah like if if this were like 28 days later for six hours yeah I don't I don't know about that season one. And we've come close to dropping Walking Dead. Like probably the, the, the closest we came was end of season three. It's when it gets too ridiculous, right? And and they well not just ridiculous, but just like a blatant attempt to stretch things out and stall because they have no great ideas. And a disregard for any kind of reality, yeah. that sort of thing. And yeah. they always can rope us back with the trailers or they'll stretch they'll 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 you they'll know deliver a good finale. A, yep. a good half season or a good finale mm-hmm. gives bring them back. So we'll see. We'll see. But I'm, you know, it's not a suit. This isn't a suicide pact. Sure. <laughs> there would come a day where I'm like, you know what? Uh, maybe you and Jason C can get together and continue this. I'm out. But we uh, haven't got there. And I'm hoping, you know, these six episodes coming up, we won't get there with this with this show, too. Um, Tom, who may or may not live in a Volkswagen. <laughs> says, I agree completely with your instant cast observation that we do not want at The Walking Dead the West Coast, and I am afraid that that is what will happen. After crap hits the fan and the West Coasters head for the hills, how will this be any different from The Walking Dead? Will their mustache-twirling villain wear his eye patch on the other eye? Is the struggle for water (laughs) or fuel? Will racial tensions be higher or different? I'm interested, but wary. I know I love your work, but if this turns out to be a true shit show, do not cover it for six seasons just because it's wildly popular. Yeah, we'll have to see how it goes, you know? Yeah. And we, like I said, we literally it, know nothing it, about it, it doesn't hurt that the show's wildly popular, but that's not the sole criteria for what we, we do and do not cover here at Baltimore. Sure. So um, we'll see. Uh, we do know we're getting a second season of 15 episodes. Yeah. Regardless of whether this is good or bad. So uh, I'm sure they're going to split that, right? 
That is that's what, not going to start in like June. That and is just what go, AMC does. Yeah. Uh, but I wonder how they'll do it. Like it seems like it's it seems like it's smart having the B team lead up to the A team because you don't you don't ever want to take the Walking Dead out of October. No, the core Walking Dead. Yeah. Because you know I think half of the reason it's so successful is people are just ready for some you know scary zombie shit that time of year. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and having this be kind of the lead in to get the kind of hardcore audience primed. Um, although maybe what they would be better off doing is having, you know, Walking Dead Prime, its second half of its season in February, immediately lead up into Fear the Walking Dead. And then they can maybe take so. a summer split and then come back and lead back into the walk. So it's kind of like a snake eating its own tail. They mm-hmm. use the Walking Dead to boost the audience for this. Although I, I, we didn't have any audience statistics yet. I'm very curious to see, like, how this compares mm. to the Walking Dead season. Yeah, yeah, we looked for them; they weren't out yet. So, um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about that next week to see because, you know, what what at what point does AMC hit the panic button? Like five million people. Like was it, Walking Dead. It really Dead's depends on how much they're million. spending, right? Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe there could be a perception angle too, where like people go, oh, well, Walking Dead has all these viewers and Fear the Walking Dead has none, so get rid of it. But I feel like as long as they're making money, why get rid of it, you know? Hmm. What else do they have going on that's going to make the kind of money that a Walking Dead has the potential to make? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Because to me, it feels like anything less than like $8 million is going to be seen as a failure. And like anything less than like dipping below $5 million is just a catastrophic yeah, I don't, what did uh? Do you remember anything about season one's ratings for The Walking Dead? I thought it it like debuted at six million. Did it? Like mm-hmm. it was get, it was out of the gate pulling better than Mad Men or Breaking Bad. I recall. So I wonder if they're you know they'll justify it that way and just say you know what uh, The Walking Dead took a while to ramp up to where it's at. We'll give this a couple more seasons, see where it goes. Yeah, I don't think they can take that. That's because this is not existing in a vacuum. Sure, but yeah, but so if, it debuted again, to five. It, it debuted to five point three three million. And it ended at six million. Hmm. The next season debut, season two started with seven million and grew to nine. And it seems like it goes up every damn year. Next yeah. started at eleven, ended at thirteen. The next one started no, at sixteen, at seventeen. Yeah, yeah. And then we started at seventeen last last year. So, uh, I don't, I don't know. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that. But again, this doesn't exist in the vacuum. You have a, a built-in fan base that's rabid. And I feel like if they come uh, yeah. in under five, it's going to be seen as a huge crater. Type well, I'd, of I'd be super shocked. Yeah. Uh, that's all we got. Okay. If you'd like to send us feedback, do so. And we're, we got we we dipped into the mailbag a little bit early this week, so we're we're uncharacteristically light for a Walking Dead podcast. Um, but we'll be back next week. Small announcement on that: uh, we will not be back with an instant cast next week or a live watch. Yes. Uh, we're going to be out of town. Till Sunday evening. We're going to be traveling so. on that and getting back way too late to 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 be able to do it. So next week we will not. We ought to actually do that up front as well. Um, but yeah, we're we're going to ha- not have an instant cast or a live watch. But we will be back for that on week three. We will have the full cast out next week um, at his regular time with a full full treatment of the mailbag. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you'd like to send us some feedback, do it at the Watching Dead or sorry, Watching Dead at BaldMove.com or on our forums at forums.baldmove.com. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next week on the full cast. And until then, I'm Jim. See ya.